As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome, everybody. This is No Sleep Till Belmont, your Islanders podcast from The Athletic. This is Arthur Staple, as usual, your host. And I'm joined by a very special guest this week who's super busy but managed to take out a few minutes of time in the the frenzy that's already begun even before the start to free agency. Sportsnet's Elliot Friedman, host of his own podcast, 31 Now 32 Thoughts on Sportsnet with Jeff Merrick and all-around great person. Good to have you, Elliot. What's going on? My pleasure, Arthur. Thanks for having me. And I have to say I'm a little bit disappointed. I, I thought this was a video podcast. So I didn't shave and I didn't comb my hair on the off chance that Lou Lamorello would actually see this to see me on an Islanders podcast looking as disheveled as I normally do. I'm very disappointed I lose the effect <laughs> of the video. Well, I think we know that Lou listens maybe even a little bit. I'm not his commute's pretty <laughs> short, so he's got to check in from time to time. It's such a good show. But uh we're we're really happy to have you here, especially with all the stuff going on. And I just want to quickly dive in. Um, you were stuck kind of focusing on the Canadian division through the regular, the crazy regular season and a lot of the playoffs, but you know, the Islanders, well, you've seen them operate for a long time. Um, what's kind of the transformation from your perspective been like in the last five or six years of, of watching the Islanders from afar and seeing how far they've come? You know, the one thing about Lamorello, I think is he's the stabilizer. I, I think that's what he does. And in a world that is very fast right now, like we you know, social media has changed our attention spans to like the attention span of a flea. Oh, something big just happened. And then 15 minutes later, you can't remember what that was. Exactly. The world moves so fast right now. He at the top of the organization, he slows things down. He, he does whatever he can to make sure that, you know, the noise doesn't get to his team. Um, And, and, you know, that's the thing I remember about Toronto when, when he got to Toronto, there was a lot going on in that organization and he just slowed it down. He just said, I have a list of things that really matters. And a lot of you people out there may have things that matter to you, but they're really not that important. I don't think so. I'm going to focus on the things that matter. And I think he stabilized that organization at a time they really needed stability. So when he went to the Islanders, you know, you guys were reeling because of Tavares and, and the thing he does is he just stabilizes things. He says, forget the noise. 
I have a list of things that I feel are important. And um, I'm going to tell you that that's what's going to be important for us. And, you know, the one thing I really remember, Arthur, was I did a big piece on um, Tavares and, and behind the scenes of his decision to go to Toronto and all that. And I remember talking to some Islanders players, and I'll never say who they were because even though it's been, you know, three years, Lamorello <laughs> will probably still, like, you know, cut off a, a, a thumb or something like that for knowing <laughs> they talked. But, you know, they all said that they, they, they thought it was going to be a disaster without Tavares. And then when they got there and they saw how Lamorello said, this is how it's going to be, and Trot said, this is how it's going to be, they really believed. Um, they convinced them that they had a plan, a process. And look, like you guys lost one nothing in game seven to Tampa. And even though I, I thought, you know, that Tampa was the better team that night, to take that team to game seven, one nothing, it's pretty, pretty impressive. And I think a lot of that reflects on your players because they have to go out there and compete. But I think a lot of it is reflected on the way that Lamorello and Trotz set up an organization and the goals of how it's all going to work. Who's the guy on this team that you watch from afar, I guess the last couple of years and say, that's the guy that's taken the biggest step forward for me watching this team over the last few years, just pa- since Barry Pelic. came in. Pelic. Yeah. yeah. Pelic's the guy. I mean, you know, I didn't put him on my Norris ballot this year. And as I like the Norris to me this year, Arthur was the hardest one. Yeah. There were, there were so many, not just to win, but who could have been on the ballot? And as I watched the playoffs, the more and more I was like, oh, I, I missed not putting him on. You know, I, I think he's – I just think he's a, he's a heck of a player. He's, he's, he's really good, and he's a typical um, – he is, he is a typical Trotz, Lamorello, low-maintenance, understated guy who just plays, and he plays hard. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan. I've become a huge fan of his game. That leads nicely into what's going on this week and why both of us are going to be staring at our computers as we talk here, um, which is free agency. And Adam Pellick is kind of the head of the Islanders restricted free agent class. They have some unrestricted free agents, Casey Zekas, Cal Palmieri. Knowing as little as we are allowed to know by Lou and the people around him, um, what do you see Kind of what what do you see from the Islanders from what they've done so far in the last couple of weeks to open up space and how does that kind of play into what they're going to do here this week in your mind? Well, the one thing I always think about with Lamorello, Arthur, is my history lessons with him. Things that he said that shape his philosophy because I don't think his philosophy has changed a ton. Um, I'm, I'm sure he's adapted in some ways to the times, but I think generally he thinks the way he's always thought. And one of the things that he said is that you go for it when you really think you can win. I remember I was covering the 2012 um, Eastern Conference playoffs. That's when New Jersey went to the final against the Kings. And that was the year they went out and they got Merrick Zedlitsky. And we talked about that deal. And he said, I will never make that deal if I don't think I could win. It makes mm-hmm. no sense. And so, you know, right now, if you're the Islanders, you've got to think you can win. Like I said, they took Tampa to one nothing game seven. Um, so I think he's going for it. Now, you know, I think I think a lot of this stuff is uh, has been crazy the last couple of weeks. I, I think there's been a lot of dare I say tampering. <laughs> I don't know if he tampers. Um, like I, I've heard, I, I've heard he's very old school. But I think that 
you, I think what he kind of is, is he's a guy who, who calls you right it as the free agency bell opens, it goes ding like the stock market, and then he's on you. But I'm sure that in some way out there, he's, people know that the Islanders are interested in certain things. So I think he's going to take big swings. I really do. Like I, I work backwards. Like you've got to take care of Pellick. You've mm-hmm. got to, I'm sure they have a good idea of what the number is on Pellick. Um, I'm sure they have a very good idea of what the number is on Sezikis. And you're not protecting Sezikis unless you're, you're finding a way. And then I think he's going to take a big swing. And I think we're all expecting Parise. Mm-hmm. And we'll, it'd be interesting to see what that number will be. But I think there's going to be one other big swing, whether it's Landeskog or it's Tarasenko or it's Saad or it's something I'm, or it's Suter or something I'm not even thinking of right now. I, I think he goes big. I, like, like to me, it's a new building. It's a team that's really good. He's not step, stepping up there to, to hit a dinky single to the other side of the shift. He's, he's looking for the upper deck fifth level home run. And I think they're going to try. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You know, the perception, and I'm sure you see it too on online, Islander fans, very passionate, sometimes mm-hmm. uh, across the line passionate when when you don't say the things that you want, that, you want, <laughs> that they want to hear. Uh, so I actually said in Long Island instead of on Long oh Island. Uh, yeah, and, that's it. You're done. Like, and I was like, I could change this, but I'm like, ah, let them have it. Like it was, <laughs> it was pretty funny. Um when uh, when you're a national reporter and you've got access, trying to get access to teams and information, you've got a Lou Lamarillo team that maybe doesn't have to be your main focus. Um, what's your philosophy, really? I think, and because Islander fans all read your Sportsnet 32 thoughts, they all listen to you. They want to hear the information, and it's not just it's just not always available. So, how do you handle that and put that into the context of the rest of your reporting? Well, you know, I think that for one thing, I'm based in Canada and I, I do like to, I do like to serve all fans. I really do. Like I'll get, like I'll get notes from fans saying like, you know, we're not getting enough of our team and I'll, I'll try to see what I can do. Right. Um, but I mean, my, the blog, as long as I'm employed by hockey night in Canada and Sportsnet, Arthur, it's, it's always going to have like a Canadian focus, but I do try to cover the entire league. And I know the passion of the Islander fans. Believe me, I've been on the positive and negative end of it. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, I want everybody to feel included. It's it's harder. Like, certain GMs are really tough. Like, um, it's not that the other ones are really leaky, but the, the, the 
like Lamorello and Iserman are on another level. Like there's some guys who try to be close. Ron Francis is pretty close. Ron Hextall is pretty close. Doug Armstrong can be pretty close. But there's there's something about Iserman and Lamorello that they kind of strike fear into other GMs. Um, you know, I remember one story I really remember was when he was still the GM in Jersey and he traded uh, uh, the ninth overall pick, which turned out to be Bo Horvat for Corey Schneider. Right. I had that deal and the Canucks wouldn't tell me. And I remember after I was like mildly annoyed as you are when you're competitive. And they said like Lamorello told us that if he even, if he heard that deal get out there before he announced it, like he even said to them, they told me, he said to them, if I'm walking up on stage and I hear it's out there, I am changing that deal. And they believe them. Like they, they, <laughs> so, and you know, the other thing too is like, um, like I, like, there's people who predate Lam. Like this is, I think, the the level of respect that that Lamorello um, has is that there's people who predate him in the organization who I had a relationship with. Like they didn't really say much, but I just knew them. And when he got in there, they were like, you know, just so you know, we're not going to be returning texts anymore. I don't even know if some of those people are still there. I should even check. But they, you know, they just said like, you know. Uh, you know, we're, this is the way it is now. And, you know, we're not going to be talking to you. And um, I'll tell you one thing I did hear last year when I heard last year that Brock Nelson was going to resign, I put it in my blog and I, and I heard Lamorello called the agent was like, are you, how did that get out? So he's still competitive. Like he hasn't lost it uh, at all. And I, I really respect that about him. What, uh, what are some of your, memory you know like you you told some good stories about your encounters with lou have you ever had the have you ever gotten the the lou death stare for anything that you've done uh that he's talked to you about or is that not not his style uh yes i have i i didn't get the death stare i i i'll keep the thing private because um um i think he would prefer i kept it private but there was one thing i reported that he didn't like and i got the call and and you know he was he was polite um but he was focused. And, um, you know, I, you know, I, I think when you're on the other end of that, uh, it's an interesting feeling. Um, like, like, like there, there have been things he's disagreed with at times, but I've never felt he crossed the line. He lets you know how he feels and he will uh, convey the message to you. So you understand it. But like I, I've had like some real brawls with some GMs and I think some of the things they say are over the line. And I've told them that I've never felt in a conversation with him. Um, even when he's been unhappy that he's ever crossed the line. Um, I think he has a code and I, I think that um, the code is to be um, firm, but for the, but really save like, I, I don't know, his anger, disappointment, whatever you want to call it for those people who really deserves it. Um, you know, he's, he really, ba he, he protects information. I've asked him things before and he'll say like, why would you even ask me that? You know, I'm not <laughs> going to tell you. And I, I do remember, I'm sure there's been more than one where he's been unhappy with me, but I, I remember one specific one. And uh, like I said, he, he conveyed his uh, disappointment, um, but it was never unprofessional. It was always professional. I wanted to ask you quickly about uh, Barry Trotz too, who mm -hmm. you know has become a legend down here in just his short time, and and has never worked uh, in Canada, but obviously has a profile there on the on the 
national front and with the possibility of the Olympics coming up this coming season, do you think he is a leading candidate, a front runner, a possibility to be the Canadian Olympic coach? I heard it was him or Cooper, and I think it's going to be Cooper. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I have not asked um, uh, Trotz that, um, uh, but I, I believe it was him or Cooper. I think it's going to be Cooper. Like the only thing about Barry Trotz is, is that he empowers people. Like if if you go back, like his teams have always been graded in the sum of their parts, and he makes he he. You know, I, I read one of Tony LaRusso's books and, and in the book he was talking, I believe it was about Alan Craig and who was one of his players. And I, and I think if I remember correctly, and I might be butchering the story, but Alan Craig was a guy who played the first seven innings of every game and he would be taken out in the last two of a close game if they were winning as a defensive replacement. And it, it started, you know, getting to him. And, um, you know, he said so he had a meeting with the player and he said, look, like, and basically LaRusso blamed the agent and the media as all these guys do for fomenting disagreement. But he said, look at all the positive things you do. You get three at bats a game. You only leave the game when we're winning. Um, if it's close or we're behind, you stay in, you get to play every game. You know, you're, you're, you're a great player for us. Focus on the positive and what you do do as opposed to what you not do. And I, I think Trotz is cut out from the same mold. You know, the other thing, too, he's a great human. You take a look at guys like Jordan Tutu and Brian McGratton, who are in Nashville and went through a lot of trouble, and they, they speak the world of him. He cares about you as a person, not as uh, just a, a player. Um, and he empowers guys. Like, I, I think, like, like, I look at all the way those Islanders play, and they know they have a role. This Barry Trotz and Lamarot, this is your role. You stick to your role. You do your role. And, um, you know, I, I think the line of Lamorello, I can't remember if it's Lamorello Trotz uses it, but the bricklayers lay the bricks or something like that. The bricklayers don't fix the plumbing. And that's what he tells guys, and they all buy in. I, and you can see, like, Arthur, you cover that team. You see them on a day-in, day-out basis. Um, they, they believe. They really do. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been an amazing transformation. And, uh, you know, it's it always interesting to hear the outside perspectives because we get so deep inside the uh, the stuff here. But uh, do you have one more? Um, I know you said we're always thinking about trying to trying to think about the the unknown move from Lou. Do you have a uh, kind of a random thought from your head about this week? That's a nagging the feeling that like maybe they're going to go after this guy or maybe they're going to try to sign this guy. Is there some left field person that you've thought about and and mm. just stuck there? To me, if if Landeskog hits the market, I want to see what they try. Well, that would be that would be something. Um, and who would think that a guy like that would want to come to the island after the way the, the last few decades have played out? But um, yeah, it's amazing a transformation. And as always, uh, great talking to you and great having you on the show for the first time. Is this your athletic debut? No, I've been on, I've been on with <laughs> Russo. Um, okay. I think I've done some other ones, so but I've been on a couple. Put it this way, I, I would say, Arthur, that I think he's going for one power forward kind of guy, whether it's Landis Gog or Sod or something like that. I think they go for that. Okay. Elliot Friedman, Sportsnet, 32 Thoughts, the podcast, 32 Thoughts, the blog, Hockey Night in Canada. It's great to talk to you, and hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to you again uh, down the road when the Islanders are still successful and you can actually come down to the (laughs) island and see the new building and see the team up close for yourself. Thanks as always.
All right, my pleasure, Arthur. Can't wait to see the new building. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Well, we give a uh, big thanks to Elliot Friedman from Sportsnet, Hockey Night in Canada coming on and enlightening us about the ways of Lou Lamarillo, which he's experienced for a lot longer than I have, uh, and some of the interesting ins and outs of uh, what the Islanders are are planning to do, if we can even figure that out because of the way that Lou operates. Anyway, um, it was a busy week since we last talked to you. Um, The expansion draft came and went. Jordan Eberle uh, is now a Seattle Kraken. that was uh, an interesting decision by the Islanders to to kind of leave him unprotected. And from what I discovered, you know, talking to people after the fact, it really was Everly all along. There was no side deals. It was, you know, clearly a choice between Everly and Josh Bailey. Uh, and the choice seemed to be pretty clear from early on that Seattle was taking Jordan Everly. Um, there's a connection there. You know, I think there's a few connections between guys that were picked in that draft and Ron Francis, who, who drafted a couple of them in Carolina. Ricky Olchuk, who's uh, Seattle's assistant general manager, has been in the league a long, long time, was the assistant general manager in Edmonton when they drafted Everly and had him there. So, uh, you know, you can kind of connect the dots after the fact, even though there was a lot of nervous moments, I'm sure, for for Bailey, the longest tenured Islander. And um, we'll see how he handles it. He usually handles things just fine, and he's a total pro. So I don't think there's going to be any any holdover from leaving him exposed. And I'm sure that Lou Lamarillo and Barry Trotz had pretty frank conversations with Bailey about the the cap situation the Islanders are in it that that kind of you know the, the business side of it takes such precedence now and I think you can see it with all the deals that are flying around this week whether it's contracts or buyouts or trades like Mark Andre Fleury going from Vegas to Chicago today um, the business is is really front and center because of the cap situation for everybody in this era so having said all that uh, the Islanders managed to clear another big contract off their books with that expansion draft move. They're going into free agency, not having made any other moves since then, other than not qualifying Michael Del Call, whose qualifying number would have been very low. Um, so whether they want to try to offer him a, a two-way contract in free agency or something uh, still very small one-way, he does have arbitration rights, so the qualifying offer would probably wouldn't have been accepted. Um, he has played a few NHL games, you know, probably I think he played 26 last season. He's played over 100 total the last three years combined. Maybe that was worth more than a million bucks in arbitration. Maybe the Islanders couldn't risk that. Uh, maybe they're just ready to move on from the player. It's um, you know he he's a guy who's uh, shown some flashes, but uh, but not enough to really establish himself. And I, it feels like, as Elliot Friedman pointed out, um, that they're interested in kind of re-altering some of the some of the chemistry and some of the you know some of the spots on their depth chart in terms of their forwards. So. Uh, We'll see how that all plays out tomorrow. We have a lot of assumptions about Zach Parise joining the Islanders uh, at some point after the bell rings at noon on Wednesday. Um, I have to imagine it will be a very low salary with a lot of uh, bonus uh, bonuses in there for games played, let's say, kind of like how Andy Green's contract was structured last season um, since Parise is over 35. But um, he might have some options as well, but we'll see. Uh, We'll see where that goes. The needs clearly for the Islanders are uh, they need to replace Jordan Everly. They need to replace Nick Letty. Um, 
to my mind, replacing Nick Letty is the bigger priority right now because Kyle Palmieri uh, is apparently pretty deep in negotiations with the Islanders. Nobody's really heard anything on that front. And as uh, Elliot pointed out in his in his blog uh, on Monday, I believe, um, when you don't hear anything and the, someone is attached to the Islanders, that usually means that they're working towards a deal. So um, if they bring Palmieri back, you know, they're pretty set on the right side with Palmieri, Bailey, Oliver Wallstrom, and Clutterbuck. Um, so maybe they don't take a big swing, but, um, but really to me, you know, and I think, uh, Elliot talked about possibly Landeskog if he gets to tomorrow, uh, there's certainly some question whether Colorado will make another run at him before we get to, to noon on Wednesday and, and, uh, try to keep their captain. Um, if they don't, maybe that's a big swing they take. Vladimir Tarasenko is still available via trade. Maybe that's a big swing they take. Um, so there's a lot of options on the table right now. They also have Anthony Beauvillier, who needs a contract as a restricted free agent. You have to wonder if they're shopping him around to really make some changes. That's you know that's probably not uh, what they're ideally looking for to get that much older on the wings. Bringing Palmieri, who's 31, Tarasenko, who's almost 30, Landeskog, who's 28, Beauvillier is only 24. Um, but uh, but as Elliot pointed out, he's dealt with Lou Lamarillo a long time in all of his different sp- stops, and and the mantra for Lou is if if you have a chance to win, you go for it, and it certainly seems like the Islanders are trying to go for it. However, um, they do have a hole on their second pair on the left side on defense. Nick Letty, all of his ups and downs that we've talked about ad nauseum on here. Um, still a guy who played twenty minutes a night. Still a guy who played power play. Still the guy who led them in assists this season, um, and still a guy who can skate the way that Nick Letty can skate. So they traded him to Detroit. Uh, plan B to replace him seems to be, let's see what we can find. Ryan Suter, uh, as of this recording, hasn't made his decision yet, but all the chalk talk around the league seems to be that Dallas is really the front runner. Um, you know, the Islanders, I'm sure, are still in there swinging. Florida's in the mix. It seems that Boston is out. So we're down to just a few teams. But uh, for a deal that could go end up being three or four years and then possibly as much as three or four million per, even though Suter has still got a big chunk of money coming from Minnesota for, via his buyout, it's a big commitment to a guy who's going to be 37 during the season. Um, he certainly can still play a lot of minutes. He doesn't really play the same minutes that Nick Luddy plays, but uh, you know he maybe does fit what the Islanders do a little bit more. Um, but the options could be dwindling. You know, Mike Riley in Boston is is a possibility. Keith Yandel signed with the Flyers today, so Boston still doesn't have a, a guy locked into their second pair on the left side, so they could still be in on Riley. Derek Forbert from Winnipeg is out there. Um, we put out a, a story with a few a few candidates to sign, but the guys that can really carry a, a 19, 20-minute-a-night load are pretty few and far between. And uh, they're more the likes of Suter or Alex Goligoski, who might be going back to Minnesota, where he's from. Um, Ryan Murray in Jersey is out there, but guy who's been injury-plagued and not really lived up to potential over his over his career after being the second overall pick about 10 years ago. So there's options, but um, you know it might end up being a trade. Uh, Vince Dunn, who was taken by the Kraken uh, in the expansion draft from St. Louis, could be available. Uh, Nate Schmidt is a kind of a long shot because his contract is so big, four more years at almost $6 million per. Uh, there'd have to be a lot of cap space saved by Vancouver in that deal. Um, and then there's a guy like Hampus Lindholm in Anaheim who's got a year left, uh, I think at 5.2. Um, more of a short-term solution. I don't know that they want to go long-term extension on him, um, but he he's a guy who can play some big minutes and, and handle a decent-sized role. So 
uh, you can look at two ways. There are some options. They might get snapped up quickly or the options just aren't that attractive and you might end up overpaying when you could have just had one year of Nick Letty at 5.5. Anyway, um, upfront is is a little bit more um, kind of uh, exciting in- intrigue as opposed to fearful intrigue about what they're going to do on D and upfront. You know, it, it, to listen to, to Elliot, um, he feels like, Lou's going to take a big swing, and if it's Landeskog, if he gets that open market and they can land him some number, whether it's you know eight, eight, eight and a half, nine million per year, there's that's going to require some other moves. But um, but if you're going for it, he's probably the best guy to go out and get. It costs you just money. There's no assets going back. He's been a captain for almost a decade in Colorado. They've been a good team for the last few years. He's a, he's a very capable two way player. He can score too. Um, that would be an interesting one. You know, I, I wonder if that's a move that you make, if you know that you can't bring back one of your, at least one of your UFAs, but they can't bring a Casey Sezikis back. Maybe you go out and get a Landeskog because you're not spending the money on one of your previously essential guys. You go get another guy who's, who's as high character and high, high work ethic as, as Casey is, and also maybe a little bit more skilled. And then you can go a little cheaper to fill that fourth line role, like with Travis Zajac, who came over in the deadline deal from the Devils. Um, so I think there's a lot of there's there's Plan A and there's Plan B, and we're you're probably Plan Double Z uh, on the board in Lou Lamarillo's office because he's not a guy who goes shows up to these sort of uh, moments unprepared. Um, but there will be a lot of intrigue, I'm sure, even through Tuesday night and into Wednesday morning before we even get to the official start. There'll be some. Some deals made to clear cap space by teams that want to make a big swing. Um, you know, maybe the Islanders can even find a, a trade partner to unload Leo Komarov's contract or Thomas Hickey's contract to give themselves even more latitude to to bring someone in. So that's something to keep an eye on as we go through the day and night and tomorrow here as well. Um, and obviously, over on our site at the Athletic, there'll be lots more. Whatever happens, uh, you can check all the information out there on our Islanders page. And I just want to say thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, barring any crazy news, we're not going to come back with another podcast until training camp. So no sleep till Belmont. We'll keep going, but we're going to take a little bit of hiatus for the summer. So keep reading. Uh, if you want to subscribe to The Athletic, we've got some good deals going on. You can go to theathletic.com slash no sleep till Belmont to check those out. Uh, and always listen. You can listen back to some of our best episodes this season with AJ Maletsko and I and some of our great guests like Elliot Friedman today, who was awesome. Good timing to have him on as well. Uh, So thanks again, as always, for listening. Another great season, and we will see you in training.